When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Chemist Warehouse June catalog sale is on now. Find a massive 30% off the Thompson's Vitamin range. This is Super South with Joey Wheeler and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Yes, and for the last time this season, certainly in regards to Super Rugby, Joey Wheeler joins me, Mark Watson, as we celebrate all things Highlanders. Joey, good evening. Welcome. Oh, it's a sad day, Mark. It's a sad day, isn't it? Well, you know, like I, I just thought we were going to go further. Well, then you, well, you, were, know, but you, you die-hard Highlanders. You, you ran away and eloped for two weeks, man, and I had I had to bring some. I guy. jumped on the Fiji. Yeah, I had to jump on that Fiji drill bandwagon, mate. So I shot over there. No, you know? I, yeah, no, maybe and it I, could be maybe it could be the super super um, something from the you know super South Pacific there in the drawer. That could be my team next year, mate. I'll jump on that bandwagon. Yeah, I had some guy called Josh Cronfeld on the show for the last couple of weeks. I had, I had to Google him. I had to Google him, mate. Who's who's that bloke? Oh, I know Gee, some whiz. some. He only, he only played about seventy tests for the All Blacks. Yeah, nice. yeah. Some, some surfer from Raglan these days, yeah. <laughs> hey, um, Joey, yeah, I, who I, pretends I, to be a physio? Yeah, yeah. I, I guess on a more positive <laughs> note, you won one game more than you won last year, but it wasn't good enough to make eight. Uh, be, beaten by the Blues 16. Now, a lot of people criticising the Blues' performance, but I actually thought it was more the Highlanders who actually didn't play too badly against the Blues. What was your general take? Yeah, they, well, they made it scrappy for the Blues, didn't they? And that's what the Highlanders traditionally do. But, you know, I, I, I thought the Blues were really disappointing. Uh, they've lipped their way into the to the playoffs, um, albeit, you know, sometimes winning ugly is a good thing. Um, but you think about some of the stars and some of the talent that they've got on that side, they'll be really disappointed because across the board, they dominated the Highlanders. I think they had something like... 64% position, um, about the same amount of territory. Um, time on attack was about 20 minutes, I think. So to come away with, what was it, a 16-9 win over a, a scrappy, plucky Highlanders, as they always going to be, um, I think the Blues would be really, really disappointed. On the Highlanders, they, they, you know, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to give themselves a chance by scrapping and, and making it really, really niggly uh, for the side. They did that, but again, what was glaringly obvious, obvious was when they got their opportunities, they just couldn't create anything. What I, I think they had one clean break in the game, um, which led to, to not, not a hell of a lot. Um, so, yeah, there's some real um, – yeah, there's a lot of rebuilding to, that needs to be done to that side for them to be genuine contenders once again. Um, the first time since, I think, 2013 that the Highlanders haven't made uh, the playoffs. So extremely, extremely disappointing. Um, if you're rating the side – um, and its efforts this year, you'd have to say it's an F just 
purely on the on the fact that they haven't made the playoffs and for the first time in a long time. Um, so yeah, a, a really a failed season um, for this Landers side and a, and a bit of a disappointing way for a, a few of, oh, especially one club legend to go out and Aaron Smith, but a couple of other guys who will be sorely missed in that side. Um, Shannon Frizzell, obviously we know how immense he has been for the Highlanders over the last few years. Another guy who I'm actually really, really disappointed to be seeing leaving our shores, especially with Artie Savier uh, having a sabbatical next year as Marino Michele too. His season last year promised so, so much, Watto, and I, I understand the lure of the yen and, and making money, but I, I, I just think here's a guy who next year, if he had given it one more season, I think, and, and, he, had, and he had stayed injury-free, I think he could have been pressing for mm. for higher honors and if he had done that he goes into a whole other whole other bracket of earning potential over in japan and i just think sometimes these guys like he's only i think he's you know 24 years of age like just i, I just feel like he's got so much more um good rugby ahead of him he's going to a side mitsubishi mitsubishi dinobores no disrespect to the mitsubishi dinobores but they're they're salad dwellers in that um Japan League One um, competition. Uh, they're generally in the bottom four of that comp. Is his rugby going to get any better? Probably not. Are his pockets going to get heavier and deeper? Yeah, of course they are. But I, I don't know. I just feel like I wish he'd just given it one more chance because I, I think with that Highlanders pack, they were starting to um, really do some special things. And if they could have recruited a couple of guys in the offseason to complement that in the backs, so I, I think they would have been a, a better sniff next year to to really stake a claim not only for a, a playoff spot but even push for those semi-finals if they could have kept building the side over the next couple of years yeah I, I, it annoys me sometimes i just wish that maybe the all blacks and the wider selectors or the coaching staff have some conversations with some of these players at least let them know what their thinking is in and around them so that they maybe have everything in front of them before they make these decisions because you, you talk to a lot of players and they haven't heard anything that they don't have any communication with the all black coaches and so they're just sitting there assuming going hey look yeah I'm, I'm going to go I'm going to take the year I'm going to take the money I'm going to set myself up I mean I know he's not a Highlander but Alex Nankerville's another one I mean I'd like to see Alex Nankerville hang around for another season I think the way he's been playing this year he's another one that potentially has all black written all over him uh, look I'm just, just going back to that performance on Friday I thought Putty Putty Parkinson had a, probably arguably his best game of the season I think we I, th- I thought he showed what he's truly capable of well, what we know about Putty Putty is, well, he's a freak athlete, mate. Like, the guy's, I think, 2 metres 08. Um, his wingspan's about 210. Um, he's 140 kilo uh, and can move really, really well. And one thing that Putty Putty Parkinson can do is when he is in those physical battles, whether it be a tackle, whether it be a carry, he is an absolute monster. Um, there's not many that are stronger. Like, there's that old Jim Strong, and then there's Man Strong. He's he's both Jim and Man Strong. He's a, he's a real freak, and when he when he's dialed in, when he wants to be um, heavily involved in the contest, he can he can really turn it on its head. Um, and and oh, I agree, he was a, a physical beast. I think we saw that when Tonga Fassi he won a scrum penalty against Jermaine Ainsley and then gave Jermaine Ainsley the big send-off when he got subbed by Sola Mutl. And then Sola Mutl come on, and with that 140 kgs behind him, plus his 145 kilo, they sat off a Tonga straight back on his ass and went straight over top of him. Um, 
And that's no mean feat. There's a young man in Solomau who's all of 25 years of age and plus Putty Putty Parkinson putting an all-black and an all-black lock uh, on their backside. So that was impressive. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Um, when Putty Putty's on, the one criticism I've always had of Putty Putty is I feel like sometimes his reaction time, when he's, like I said, when he's in the moment, whatever he's doing, we call it when he's in the end, when he's doing something, whether it's a tackle, whether it's a ball carry, whether it's a clean out, he's, he's brilliant. It's just going from that one action to the next action and doing that really quickly so he can have, uh, you know, sort of like double touches or double actions. That's the thing he needs to work on is going from one action to the other. If he can speed that that up from getting off the ground, getting getting back into the position to go again, mate, he's got all black written all over him. Um, It's just, you're like, it's there because you see the physical attributes of the guy. It's like he's just got it connected in his head to go, yeah, I'm actually good enough to do this. Uh, because we've seen him do it on the odd occasion, but it's just consistently putting out those performances, Watto. Where to now for Mitch Hunt? He hasn't been able to lock down the number 10 jersey, been playing at fullback, starts to look a little bit more like a utility. I'd imagine that he came here to the Highlanders to probably establish himself in the 10 jersey. Uh, We know what a quality footballer is, we know what a quality human being Mm. is, but where to now? Does he start to look offshore? Oh, you'd think so, wouldn't you? I don't know, like, He's been around a while now, mate. Like mm. you got to think he played. When did he play? Did he play fifty games for? I don't know if he quite played fifty for the Crusaders. Close to it, he played fifty for the Highlanders. So he's been around a long time in the Super Rugby um, realm, and and obviously also been in the NPC um, a, a campaigner for both Auckland first, and now with Tasman for the last sort of five six years. So he's been around a long time. I, I actually felt for Mitch because I, I found. I thought Clark Dermody, unlike previous coaches that the Highlanders had, uh, you know, Tony Brown being one of them, I thought that one criticism I always had of Tony was I felt he chopped and changed the Highlanders team too much under under his leadership and didn't give combinations time to to build and, and get familiar with each other and build confidence in the game and confidence in each other. I, I thought Clark would do that because what we saw when Clark took over the um, – the Highlanders as head coach in uh, 2020 uh, during that uh, COVID season, and they went to the final against the Blues of um, Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, Clark's picked one team, and if they were fit and available, he kept selecting that team, and it gave them a chance to get familiar and get that consistency of, of um, and familiarity of, of what how they wanted to play, and they had a real DNA, and Mitch Hunt was a, a massive key and a massive cog in that. Yeah, he gave him a couple of shots, but then he started chopping and changing him again between 10 and 15. Um, and I, I don't know. For me, I, I felt, is Freddie Burns really the answer? He was always going to be a, a Band-Aid um, fix to this team for one season, and then he was going away anyway. Like, you're probably better off just to put all your eggs in the Mitch Hunt basket mm. and say, look, we're backing you right to the hill, and you're our guy, and we see a real future for you here in this team. But he didn't get that, so I don't know whether he'll stick around or not. I hope he does, um, because I still think he's got uh, a lot to offer the Hollanders in New Zealand rugby. And, and again, with Bowden Barrett leaving, with Richie Mwanga leaving, there, there's some real opportunity for the for the teams that are that are underneath those two guys and have been for some time. There's some real opportunity there for some some guys to step up and maybe get an opportunity at that next level. And why can't that be Mitch Hunt? You know, like there's no Aaron Smith next year. He's a he's a really good leader. He's a leader in that team. You know, him alongside Falau, maybe they could build 
um, a really special combination. Um, but who knows, mate? I, I haven't had a chat to him about around his future and what that looks like. But yeah, I hope for his sake that he, that he does give it another shot. But I know what I know is that tens and New Zealand tens uh, are sought after all around the world. Um, so you'd imagine that the, the checkbooks are out. That's for sure. You, you talked earlier about, um, or we we looked at this team, and you do run through that Highlanders backline. I'll just look at the backline that took the field against the Blues, and I know there have been injuries. I mean, Gregory, Gilbert, they're good footballers, but they don't exactly say Christian Cullen. They don't necessarily say Rico Awani about them. Uh, Wanga there also played in at centre over the weekend. What do they? Who do they target, and how do they recruit? to bring a little bit more X-factor, a little bit more attacking flair into their back line? Who are the players that you'd like to see them target? Are they the positions that the Highlanders are weak in? I mean, what areas did they need to look to recruit in? Well, yeah, you look at that back line, Aaron Smith, uh, Freddie Burns, Jonah Nariki, Sam Gilbert, Matt Fonger, Scott Gregory and Mitch Hunt. And you're right, um, out of that lot, does anyone of those really put the fear of God up you? Apart from maybe John and Ariki, yeah, John and Ariki definitely yeah. um, in terms of can beat it, can beat you one on one. Where do they need to recruit? Oh, I think they need uh, definitely another outside back to complement John and Ariki. Um, they they've been screaming out for a fullback since Ben Smith left, which was in what was that, 2018, 2019? Um, so four years without um, a really a fullback that's actually dominated that jersey and stayed in that jersey. Whether Mitch Hunt comes back or not, it's to be seen. So, the, the, you know, um, they've got two young 10s in the wings and AJ Faliafunga, who's just been named in the New Zealand under 20, 20 side, and Cam Miller. Uh, we know how good that guy is. I think next year they either need a back Mitch Hunt, he's your guy, or they go young and they go, Cam Miller, you're our guy and we're going to back you. We're going to coach you how to be a world-class 10. That's what uh, Tony Brown did with Lima Sopoanga. Everyone else, Lima had had a, a terrible year the previous year. Tony Brown came in in 2014. He said, Lima Sopoanga, you're the guy that's going to win this, this club a title and backed him. Lima still had some very average games in that um, 2014 season, but he became he became an All Black because he got the backing, he got the confidence of the coach, and the team had confidence in his ability to lead us. Uh, that's what I think the Highlanders need to do, and I think Cameron Miller, alongside Aj Faliafunga, are the future, and I think they need to go young. Um, Thomas Umanga Jensen will be disappointed with the tail end of his season. Uh, for him, I think his biggest work on is just his communication. We know how devastating he can be when he gets ball in hand and he's and he's um, playing heavily on the gain line. We know he can bust tackles. We know he can um, throw offloads. For him, it's about his communication and, and um, enhancing the guys around him. Sam Gilbert, I believe 12 is his position. So I think they need to develop that combination. He's a real smart, intelligent, high IQ uh, rugby player. And I think his goal-kicking ability um, and his really calm, cool head will complement Thomas really, really nicely. I'd love to see them, like I said, get a, a big a big winger. Who, who is that? Um, I don't know. Do they go after someone like a Julian Savier? He's still um, playing really, really well. Is he... Excess to requirements at the at the Hurricanes potentially. I've said before I'd love to see them throw the kitchen sink at uh, Sean Stevenson to come down there. I don't think Sean's ever going to leave uh, the Chiefs, and especially after this season, there's no way that they'd ever let him go. But um, I, I just think they need to find a fullback 
uh, and, a, and a big outside back, and, and maybe Julian Savier's that guy. We haven't cited uh, Thomas Umanga Jensen's brother, Peter Umanga Jensen, a hell of a lot this season for the for the Hurricanes. Maybe the maybe the Hollanders could approach the Canes to to do a deal to get to get him down as well. Um, they just need a, a few more, a bit more of that talent that can create something out of nothing, Watto, to make them real contenders. Because I think the forward pack of this Hollanders side has not been bettered by anyone. There were a, a couple of occasions on the weekend where the, the Blues got the better of them at scrum time, but all in all, I think that pack stood up and were the were the backbone of that Highlanders side this year and, and carried them through a lot of games and, and got them out of a lot of a lot of trouble as well. So look, yeah, I, I, I think they just need to um, connect up with a with a couple of key pieces. Um, and I think a two two outside backs and maybe a midfielder are, 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 the, are those players. So John Kerwin thought your four pack was crap. Yes, I know that, and, and I've already, uh, I've already argued to the hilt with him. He just, like I've said it oh, numerous God, times, John oh. just needs to stick to high, high balls and scoring tries in the corner, mate. God, you didn't bite, you didn't bite. I thought I might have got you a little bit more than that tonight, Joey Wheeler. You're listening to Super South here on SCNZ. 16 and a half minutes after seven, Mark Watson and Joe Wheeler with me. Come back, we'll celebrate more. Everything to do with Highlanders rugby. Oh, he's an attractive man. He's a beautiful man. He's been a New Zealand Māori All Black. He's played for the Highlanders. His name is Joey Wheeler. Doing a fantastic job these days doing sideline commentary and expert commentary and up there with the Fiji and Drua. But we are celebrating all things to do with the Highlanders. Uh, the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Just want to touch on Aaron Smith. We know that that was his last game for the Highlanders unless he does come back from Japan or eventually Europe and maybe have a final season like we've seen with John Arfoa. Um, his contribution in terms of the things that we as the fan don't necessarily see and the evolution of that, I'd imagine like anybody, you come into a side, you're a young man, you probably don't say too much, but as you become one of the more senior players, you establish yourself in the All Blacks, you mature as a person, then you do start to have a greater impact. I he certainly did do that. Um, Nagy never wasn't afraid of saying um, what he thought, Watto. Um Obviously, when I came, I came down to the to the Highlanders from the Crusaders in uh, 2013, and Nagy had been there for a couple of years already under the um, tutelage of J- Jimmy Cowan, and I'd known Nug from age grade uh, footy, and um, was always, oh, well, he played the way he plays still now, like super quick to the to the ruck, super quick pass, um, everything was just over speed overspeed from Nug and that was always his point of difference. The thing about Nuggy, he actually tr- like transformed the how halfbacks play, yeah. I, I believe in world rugby now. Yeah, he I was agree. that guy. Before that, you know, you think Pity Whipu, Jimmy Cowan, um, even Andy Ellis, you know, they were considered your fourth loose forward. Um, Aaron changed the game and still is. Uh, amazingly, at 35 years of age, 30, or going on 35, don't know if he is 35 just yet, but um, is still setting um, the tone for halfbacks worldwide. Watto. And you've got to think of some of the, the um, great nines that have come and had to sit behind Aaron Smith, Tawira Kerbalo, TJ Perenata, Andy Ellis, mm-hmm. um, Mitch Hunt, Bryn Hall. All these guys have come, they've had a crack, and he's managed to keep them off and he's managed to hold, lock down that all-black number nine jersey. What he did for the Highlanders in terms of our style of game, um, 
that just suited our game to a T. We obviously play half our games in perfect conditions in a roof stadium, so we were always wanting to play a high-speed, high-tempo game. Um, we never had a rock star, massive, big forward pack, so we had to be the fittest, fastest uh, forward pack, and he drove us to that. Um, and what he did off the field also complimented that as well, mate. As well, mate. Uh, look, I always said whoever was to come in after Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United was always going to struggle. Whoever's going to be the next loose forward after Richie McCaw was always going to struggle at seven. How difficult is it going to be for Fakatava to now pick up the mantle to take control in the number nine jersey off the back of an Aaron Smith? Are you on the hiding to nothing? Was his game so different? It's hard to draw comparisons. Yeah, yeah. No, that's why I like about Flowers. I, 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 I don't want him to draw comparisons either. Like he, he I think what Aaron Smith's taught him is his game understanding and his game awareness. He, he's never going to be Aaron Smith. Um, and I, I don't think he should ever do that because his point of difference is he's still got that great ability um, of speed in, in his game. He doesn't have the the crisp rocket um, pass like Aaron Smith does. No one will ever have that. But what Falau Fakatava brings is a real physical edge and a and a speed of game where he he actually drives the drives the style of play. And we've seen that with the Magpies when he's been given. Um, the keys to say you're the guy that's going to drive this team. He's taking them from a pretty average side to now one of the best in in NPC rugby, and I think he does have that ability to to do that with the Highlanders. And that's why I said I, I think they need to just give him alongside Cam Miller the ability and the confidence that they're the guys that are going to do that. You're the guys that are going to run the game and we're going to trust you and we're going to back you. Yes, there's going to be some failures along the way, but you're our guys. And I think uh, if if Clark Dermody and his coaching staff do that, I think they'll get the backing of the the loyal Highlanders fans. They'll all get in behind it. They'll all believe in it. And I think you'll see a growing... Um, a growth in their game that gives you some real positivity that they might be turning a corner in the next year or so. But it's going to take time, mate. Like, you know, Flau Fakatawa is a, a classy, uh, a, a really classy footballer, but the reality is he started about maybe at 10 games for the Hollanders over a three-year period. And um, it's going to take a lot for him to understand uh, what it takes to um, – set up games to win games at, at Super Rugby level and, and drive a team around. And, and what comes with that away from the field is what one thing I didn't quite get to it before that Aaron Smith has always done so, so well. He demands high standards of all of all of the guys around him, of all those players around understanding your role, understanding the game plan. Um, he, he holds uh, his other leaders always accountable to a point that it, it actually sometimes gets a little bit annoying and you in senior player meetings you're sometimes telling Nuggie to shut up um, because he just keeps going on and on about the littlest things. Um, but he's just that much of a competitor and all he wants to do is win and all he wants to do is be the best. He wants to be the best, but he also wants the rest of the team um, to, to get up to that level as well. So just an ultimate competitor, mate. And, and you're right, Falau's got well, some big... Um, um, boots to, to step into, but I think he's going to put his own spin on it, which actually excites me um, of where he could take this team. You're listening to Super South, Mark Watson, alongside of me, Joey Wheeler, for the last time this season anyway. Chemist Warehouse, the Chemist Warehouse, the Real House of Fragrances. OK, we've got about a minute and a half here, Joey, so might need to move through this one. But the DHL Super Rugby yep. Pacific is underway. Who's your DHL Highlander of the week? 
Oh, mate, I think it can only be one um, one guy, and he's been doing it all year. Um, and that was Billy Harmon. He had another stormer of a game. Obviously, like I said, they only had 37% position, but he made, I think, yeah, 18 tackles uh, and was the highest ball carrier for the Highlanders as well. So, um, yeah, Billy Harmon has just been an absolute machine for this Highlanders side, and he, and he was again on the weekend. Um, yeah, just a fearless, a fearless leader. Um, obviously, his combination with Hugh Renton and uh, has just gone from strength to strength. So I think those two guys are going to um, be together again next year and, and they're going to be the backbone of this Islanders pack again. Okay, and your DHL Super Rugby Pacific Player of the Round? Oh, there were so many. Like I, I'd look at that um, real tight tussle in, um, down in Wellington and I think I could only go with one man and that was Dane Coles. Oh, I love the man. I just man. loved... I just loved the way he went about that, mate. Like, I was there and lucky enough to be working on that game and witness um, how he single-handedly got under the skin of that whole Crusaders side and flipped that match on its head. Like, the Crusaders were up 19-3, I think, at one stage. And then, yeah, the Canes scored late in that, in that first half to, to draw it a little bit closer. But then he just started niggling them, niggling them, and very un-Crusader-like. They lost their temperament, lost their cool. Cody Taylor, normally cool as a cucumber, lashed out, gave away a penalty, yellow card. But the 18,000-strong crowd that the, that were there to see off Colsey just got right in behind that team. And the energy, you could just feel the momentum shift and the belief and the tails go up of that hurricane side. And, man, there was no stopping them. So, yeah, my old mate Colsey, mate, I'll give it to him. He was he was fantastic. Great theatre. The great theatre. Oh, lovely, great theatre. We said that on Sunday with Justin. The DHL Super Rugby Pacific. Catch the action live on Sky Sport. or get your tickets at superrugby.co.nz. That is us, Joey Wheeler. A privilege and a pleasure, my good man. Hopefully we get to do it again. Uh, the privilege is all mine to work alongside a broadcasting legend oh, like yourself. Oh, what stop I, it, um, stop keep, it. You've been keep being to... you, mate. Keep being you and keep firing oh. those bullets from the hip, old son. Oh, okay, okay. I love your work, but yeah. Thank you, Sins, for the opportunity. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, talking up my Hollanders every week, even though we've struggled this year. But stay strong, Landers fans. We'll be back. We'll be back. Bigger and better than ever.